the UK. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club. Hosted by Douglas Hammond Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. How you guys doing out there? Welcome to another episode of the Mic Drop Club. Today, we're continuing on with the theme with Jonas Freud in about how we can build ourselves up from the internal all the way to the external so that we can reach our fullest potential so we can live as productive human beings. And today, we want to cover a topic that is, I think, very, very salient and very uh, relative to many, many people, and that is letting go. We all know the, um, the passages in many films where the hero or heroine is trying to achieve a task but has to let go of some held belief system or it could be some physical thing in order for them to move forward in their lives. And um, in Africa, we've got a proverb, and it's not just a proverb. In fact, what we what this is associated to do is to catch a monkey, literally. You put honey and all these fancy stuff into a mid- little hole in a tree. The hole has to be just big enough so the monkey can put his hand into it. And the monkey will not let go of whatever he's holding on to, even in the face of danger. So this is how they typically catch monkeys. So um, you ambush the monkey and then you club it over the head or do something to it. and It will never run. And then you capture the monkey. So there's the lesson in there for all of us about being able to let go. And we, for that, we do need so, some support. For that, we do need some encouragement. OK, so Jonas, welcome again to another episode of the Mic Drop Club. How are you doing? Uh, my pleasure. Uh, I'm thankful for having me on the show. I'm really, really, really glad that I found you. So, yeah, I have. Um, I've been off a few days before, but now I reclaimed my focus and uh, I'm back on track. So, fantastic. I'm awesome. Fantastic, fantastic. And you're, we always wish you uh, and all our listeners and, and contributors um, good health because without health, you have nothing, you know. So now you're back. You sound your normal self. In fact, you sound better. <laughs> so <laughs> in, ter- in terms of these, this theme about letting go, um, what, what does it mean for you and what sort of techniques would you have to enable people to let go of something that's could be holding them back? Uh, for me, it was, it's the core, core of that one. I was always teaching my clients like the why. And, you know, if you ask yourself why, 
so much that you actually find your answer, then it's so much easier to to have um, your purpose to do your like best work, and then you will find your deepest strength as well. I think so. The why will help you. So that's what, what I was thinking about today's uh, talk yes. was like how to let go. If you know your why, it's much easier to let it go. And for example, uh, I have one, one technique that I try on the clients. It's like thinking of the highway and see all the cars passing by and you try to follow one car, but you know, it's impossible to follow it all the way the highway because it's too long. So then they will train to let it go. Mm. Uh, eventually it's like they will follow it very long at longest they can. But when they trained a couple of times, they realize it's easier to, to let it go uh, within a, like a shorter time. So that's one exercise we do to, to actually go to the highway and, mm -hmm. and observe the cars passing by. Wow. Wow. And when you're in that state of observation, I want to put something out there and share something with the listeners as well. Um, very few people know this about me. I'm going to do a, a, a reveal. My, my dream number plate, because you, you gave the highway example. So you're looking at cars, right? Cars, vehicles, trucks, all of that kind of stuff that's going by, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So my dream, my dream number plate. I'm not, I'm not sure about Sweden, but in the UK, we're very hot on having customized number plates. So number plates that could either look or sound like a real word, for example. Yeah. My dream number plate is L42N for November, L for Lima, B for Bravo. So that's L for Lion, 42N for November, L for Lion, B for Beta, Bravo, whatever you want to call it. Right. And that is... The L stands for look, yeah? And the four is looking forward, yeah? Two, not looking back. So, so I say again, my dream number plate is L42 NLB, looking forward to not looking back. That, and... Just funny enough that you 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 are mentioned the highway things so or straight away that came to mind for me. So when you're observing these these cars there um going and being able to track their progress, yeah, you're still asking yourself the why. Yeah. yeah. Continuously. Continuously. It's a, yeah, I mean it's because like why should I follow this car so far away? There's another one. <laughs> and then, and then, and then like the clients realize, yeah, I should actually let it go. Yeah. Yeah. But then sometimes we hold on to things that we have wrongfully um, perceived 
that we need in our lives. It could be it could be a toxic relationship with somebody. It could be a bad job. It could be literally a, a host of things. But we have asked ourselves the why and come up with the wrong answer. Um, when we appraise the why, is there any leanings that we need to do to really see if the why is aligned to our values, our principles, like a set of principles that guide your life? Then you check your why, does it match or correspond to that principle? Yeah, I think uh, you and me are on the same page on that one because that is also including in the in the observing on the highway because I, as a coach, get so much information mm. about the client. Like you can tell a client who is following, for example, Tesla, mm -hmm. the longest way because it's so, yeah, you know, the truth and truth that Tesla is the world's best car, mm. for example. And then I have that as a talking case because to understand, as you're telling me, is it actually the core value about your funda fundamental thing? So mm. as you say, yeah, many people are finding the why they think Tesla is the best car is because of the other people around them has tell, told them that. Mm. So exactly that thing, you get so much information when you're observing people uh, for, for cars in this uh, ex example, but I have used particularly anything actually. I think I have like 101 case about different following cars on the highway or just like you said, watching people on a shopping mall. Yeah. So I just give the right environment to my clients because they are unique. So, but the, the technique and method methods is the same, uh, fundamental thing to get the much information that you can break down the core value. Yeah. I, I like that, that saying the the core value, getting to the core, that thing that's really yeah. central. Um, when my kids were younger, they would, um, they would ask me questions. Why questions? And I think they're not unique in that. I think myself, when I was a child and most children, they get to a certain age and it's why, 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 why all the time. And there was an occasion where my daughter asked me, I think, why the sky is blue. <laughs> and as a parent, I gave her a wishy-washy, vague answer. And she looked at me like, you're stupid. <laughs> so she asked me again, why is this guy blue? And so I thought, let me give her a, a, a bit more educated answer. And, under, and unknowing that the weather, weather cycles, um, geography, all those elemental subjects are not my strongest point. I don't know why this guy is blue. So I, I gave another answer. I can't remember what it was. She asked me again, why is this guy blue? I could feel my 
my heart starting to beat faster. I was starting to feel angry. And because um, I was being brought, I guess, to the, the edge of my, my knowledge. I was being brought to the edge of my knowledge by this young child. And I didn't know what to do about it. I was just saying, thinking to myself, what answer can I give to just shut down the conversation? <laughs> this conversation used to shut down. Now, couldn't find it. She ended up saying, I'm going to ask mommy. But there's something there in the sense of if we can ask ourselves why questions and we don't know the answer, you know, what, what do we do? How do we, how do we get the answer? Like, why do we do what we do? I think that's a, a question for humanity at whole, you know, to really ask humanity, ask themselves, why, why are we here? What do we exist from? What do we exist to be? All of these things, um, they're profound things. They're, they're, they're like major, major things. But I guess the answer to those, if you can get to some sort of answer or some sort of understanding that you can say, okay, fine. I might not know everything, but I'm going to pin my, my life on this set of understanding. Um, how would you get somebody to get to that stage where they, they, they can hold on to a set of beliefs, a set of principles that they can just take on board as their own, you know, with maybe keeping in mind an open mind so that when new information comes, they can add to their understanding of the world and themselves. Because I guess the why is about who you are, right? Yeah, who you are and uh, what you want to know and to develop. So as you're telling uh, the same story uh, that I was grown up with, uh, I mean, when you read the science, it's like a four-year-old kid has asked why uh, more than, yeah, like, I would think it's like, 25 years of adultness. Wow. So it's like after the four year old age, you, you stop asking as kid also, because as you tell the adults, they get annoyed and uh, they want to shut down the why question all the time. So the kids, they don't continue. So I can see when I started to, to develop myself is when I was asking why on my own uh, uh, questions to myself, when I talking to myself and I always continuously said, why? Mm. Then I need to work on it that again, once more as, as a person. So I, I struggle in the beginning to put the question that I really want to know. But in the beginning, I was sloppy. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, I tell this to myself. And then I think and hope myself is good with that. Mm -hmm. But it's like the basic level. And then you realize, okay, you need to step up. You need to have like at least three times why. 
Yes. And then you m- might come closer to the truth, the core truth, or truly true. So for me, it's not, not the problem to be asking myself why like 10 times. So then it's become more solid. Um, and, uh, that's, that's what I also found out a lot of clients that actually, like we talked, talking about before, like if you actually really dig deeper, mm. then it will be stronger. It will be more resilient and so on. So that is, um, my thing. I think people need to, to get back that, uh, reclaim that, um, why yeah. Yeah. more often as an adult as well. But as I told you before, I always want to more to yourself first, talk to yourself more, more than you ever will do and have done the last 10 years. Because I, I think yeah, 90% of my clients, nine out of 10, they talk like 90% with other people's asking them questions instead of themselves. But when they turned around and asked like 90% question to themselves, then it's eased up all around themselves. So we're actually uh, spending less energy talking to other people. So No, exactly. But, um, in terms of questioning as well, the... The, the the approach to asking the right questions yields the right results. And there's something about this Socratarian way of thinking, whereby you ask questions that will lead you or lead the other person to the right answers that they're looking for. And you're, you're quite right, Jonas, in the sense that when we grow up, or as we grow from childhood to adulthood, there's a, there's a cut of time where we stop asking the why because we've hit brick walls with the people we asked the whys for or we've come to the stage whereby we think we know enough, enough answers to proceed in our lives. So I'm good, I understand. If I touch that cooker, it's hot, I get burnt. If I, if I talk back to my parents, I'll be in trouble. If I don't eat my greens, um, so you got a list of answers to your most important why is to allow you to survive. So you think. And if I reflect back again now, after I shared that story about my daughter asking me, is the sky blue? Maybe the right answer would have been after the third time, after I really felt like I'm out of my depth, to confess, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And um, maybe we together can go search for the answers. I think, <laughs> I think that would have been a better way of addressing that. And that would have kept my daughter keen to search for answers because I would have introduced her to like, maybe the library. Internet wasn't available then and all of those types of things instead of shutting it down. And um, <laughs> poor child. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got you get a few more why maybe in your uh, parents' uh, hood. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm totally agree with you, and uh, 
the only thing I can tell is with with my own kids as well. Uh, we we experience we experiment so much, and we really find out like after the third why. I'm actually as you. Uh, I'm only a beginner in uh, adult uh, parenthood because I've only been parents for like 12 years now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but I'm still seeing my, myself as a beginner because my kids still ask me why and why. And, you know, it's fulfilled myself as, as I, I, I want to live as I learned. So we go to the library so much that I haven't done as an adult and I read so many books. And if, uh, I remember once, one time my kids, you know, the rainbow, does it actually starts here? Yeah. Let's go find, <laughs> find out. <laughs> so we're actually chasing the rainbow and you know, the story, I don't know in England, but you know, the story that you have a gold, uh, yeah, gold at the end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's worldwide. So she said, is it really a gold mine at the end of a rainbow? I said, uh, I don't know. Let's find out. So, <laughs> so it's, um, I think the why could be also like, instead of term that I, I think most adults are not comfortable to have so much why, but if we can train to be more open-minded, uh, in that particular way, I think the kids generation will uh, grow yes. and develop and the adult world as well will grow if they are opened to actually be more curious, be more fearless. Again, like I said, like most people, I mean, we born, we were born fearless, but yes. many put on the fearful acting during the lifetime, as you said, like, don't do that, don't, don't do that. So I would also be like looking for like the fearless uh, attitude uh, to bring back that one, because I think it's necessary if we would be able to actually solve uh, the challenge the life and society has to give um, uh, among many things. But yeah, but, um, like, yeah. So I think the why is uh, a bigger question that why only why. So I agree. I agree. And um, people are different. They're, they're made up different. Some people are more um, leaning towards numbers, more analytical in the way they think. Other people are more into narratives, into storytelling in the way they understand the world. They, we all set up to process information differently. For some people, the why is not as important as the how. And they're more inclined to find out how something has come into being before they accept it. For example, um, if, if, the, if you go back to the question of my daughter asking me why the sky is blue, I could give a straightforward answer in terms of 
is from creationism to whatever. I could give her a response. If she was into the, the analytical side, she could ask me, but how? And until you, she satisfied her how, <laughs> she then processes the her why. You know, I'm just saying that because people, they, 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 they think differently, they behave differently, they gravitate to information completely differently. Um, the why, for me, is fundamental. Why are we doing this is a fundamental thing. But to reconcile, to reach a point whereby I'm satisfied with that answer. You know, some people just keep on digging and digging and digging and they'll never come out of the hole they dig because for every why they're uh, tunneling <laughs> and you need to get to a point whereby you can move. You can, uh, what's, what do we call it? We call this sometimes when you overthink, you can have analysis paralysis. For example, what you're talking about, um, observing the cars on the highway. I can you imagine some, some person observing the car to the point they can't see the car anymore and they're squinting and they're squinting and they're squinting and they're squinting and they won't move, you know, and they're, they're pretending to see the car even though the car is no longer within the optic range, but they're pretending to still follow the car. Some people get stuck and you see that a lot in relationships. People staying longer than they should do in very damaging relationships. You know, why does this person hurt me? You know, asking that question over and over again, you know, um, don't come to the conclusion that the person hurts me because the person has their own issues and accepting they've got their own issues and moving on. They'll keep on, but okay, this person's got their own issues, but why do they have their own issues? Then they're going deeper and deeper and deeper and all the while, they're falling victim to maybe violence or, or some sort of abuse because they've gone down that rabbit hole of too many, um, too many um, whys without, I guess the key thing here is linking it to the principles. Because I guess you're right. If you link the why straight to a principle, you don't have to do too much digging. No, exactly. Because that's also... Yeah, most common in the highway, once again, is like if you follow that Tesla to the end of the horizon, I will just tell them, you know, this shall also pass. And eventually a new Tesla will come up again. Yeah. And you you see that, okay. So that's the same thing in the life that you actually like let it go then mm. you follow it all the way to the horizon, but eventually it will come up again. And then you get a second chance to actually not follow that all way down to the horizon. So step by step, you're shorting to, to keep it. Yes. So you actually fast forward to let it go. When you know the purpose, why are you following the Tesla mm. to the horizon? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it the true value of your life? So the same as you said, like a bad relationship. Yeah, because nobody tra been trained of asking the why question as many 
times it takes to actually know the core value because they stop after one why or two why mm. or they come up with uh, excuses blah 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 so once again you need to be true to yourself to find actually the core value then your your life begins in my my opinion yeah i i salute you on that one asking the right why's and i think it also feeds back to our previous conversation jonas when you're talking about regaining control you know this when you're watching these cars go by you are in control of your optics you can observe one car two cars whatever but you are in control as well and i think giving people back that sense of direction that sense that they are empowered they have the ability to move on because like you said we're not born with fear but fear is put into us and um you know the other side of fear you get clarity you see things for what they really are as you're saying with the car that goes into the off to the horizon another car will appear and trusting that another car will appear you know, there's a trusted element. If you've grown up in an environment where there's been um, a break, it sounds, like, it sounds like it sounds like you have done my highway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a visual person, so I see yeah, things. Yeah. I see things in images. I see yeah. everything as images in my head. I don't see numbers. I, I'm I'm a I'm a straight visual learner. I have to see it to believe it. I have to see it to do anything. If I don't see myself. Um, working, I don't work. If I don't see myself running, I don't run. I first see it here and I see it so clearly, then I do, I'm like doing it twice because I've already seen it in my imagination. Then it makes me, when I actually do things in real life, easier because I'm just going over the tracing paper in my head. Yeah. So that's the way I've always been. So when you do the highway one, I was actually doing it in my head. (laughs) Yeah. And as you said, like, the highway and the car, you can do anything. Like you said before, like eventually it, it's coming again, mm. that brand of car or color of the car. So you can associate that with, as you said, life going on. Mm. So then it's like you preparing yourself as well. So it's a really training class to actually spending a couple of hours every time at the highway because you can live your life through that to actually find anything mm. of your so the cars is just the images for the life so blue is the relationship red is for anything else so mm. yeah that's an excellent lesson it's really that's an excellent lesson i was going to say to you any um, thoughts around the management of the fear, you know, the letting go. If you go back to the beginning of this conversation about the monkey <laughs> putting his yeah. hand in the in, in the tree, the hole in the tree, terrified of losing that which is ready in his hand, irrespective of the dangers around them. What's what what sort of advice can you give, or lessons can you give in terms of this fear, the fear that comes over you? Get over the fear. I don't, I don't think, actually, I don't think in my experience and uh, what I believe in is like the fear isn't the problem. It's that um, 
I think the, the challenge is, is like they haven't revalued. Is it a fear mm. from the start? So, mm. so I think once again, you need to revaluate all your truth that you have on your life journey. So is it a fear to get stuck in, uh, in that jaw, mm. um, for the monkey? <laughs> I think, um, like they don't think it's a fear because they are so focused on the nut yeah. in the jar. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm, let me come back to that later. I will, um, summary it uh, a little bit easier yeah yeah it's, it's it's a it's a deep and it's um it's a big it's a big question really because i guess sometimes if somebody was to say to me they're terrified they're scared of something and i and, and i was to say if i was to respond by saying you're not scared i will risk not engaging or building a trusting relationship with that individual because there's there's a, there's, a, there's an element whereby you have to demonstrate you acknowledge somebody's feelings and to take them on the path to as you said to understand are they really scared and to really evaluate that fear yeah is important is very very important i'm just i'm just trying to figure out how i would do that in terms someone says to me i'm terrified What's the yeah. the first response do you you give back to that person who's, who's who's saying that to you? Yeah, that was a really good question. Now I have a clearer answer. Mm. My 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 girls, they uh, often they were like, let's try this mm. without thinking, like a fearless attitude. Mm. So I embraced that to do, but then they got older and then they started to get like fearful Mm. of things that they used to do. Okay. Maybe they, maybe they, um, fall, um, fall down from the bike or the four wheel ATV or anything motocross or like that. So then they start to building up like a fearful acting. And then I was like, Hey, I was embracing that they were fearless. Mm. Why not embracing that they couldn't uh, embrace the fear yeah. instead yes. yeah. as well. So, so I actually had the same, same method to, like embrace, embrace. Yes. So embrace what scares you is uh, more like nowadays when they, they don't want to try a new thing or they just show the attitude. I'm scared. Mm. And then I just asking them as a four year kid, like why? Mm. And then they keep going and then I say, why? So we ended up at 10 wise. And then <laughs> ten we wise. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, 10 wise. And yeah. then I got so much, so I actually could start to embrace them after the 10 wise. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah. So I'm building up 
on that one. And it works for the adults as well. But you need to actually, why is it scaring you? And when I can hear them, it's just like a truth that somebody else said before and like that. So I started to actually embrace the, the, that scares them, but I embraced them as well. What they trying were acting as a fearless, uh, individual. So mm-hmm. that was my answer about the fear. And to actually like start it once again, why, why, why? Yeah, exactly. Are you scared or feared? Why are you acting? Could it be like uh, your DNA, like you've been programmed by your parents or the environment you grow up in? Because everybody says you should be scared. Yeah. And then you start to build up uh, once again, like with, talk about so i think embrace embrace um it worked for me and it worked for my kids and it worked for my clients so excellent so you just sorry for interrupting so in in terms of in the embracing you you're you're accepting the fear and you're doing it anyway so you you tell yourself that you're you're scared but you're going to do it anyway and maybe you're doing it because you are scared (laughs) so that that way you have evidence to break the fear because you've done it now. Yeah. And you know, my kids starting to tell me it's impossible that it's impossible. And you know, I have been learned and experienced, but like impossible. Yeah. In Swedish it's same. It's like, it's impossible until it's done when we talked about it before. Yes. Yes. So, I can't agree with them. Uh, any person who tells me it's impossible. Yeah. Until it's done. Nothing is impossible until it's done. And everything on this planet, on this universe has been done Mm. sooner or later. So. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very profound. Say again. No, I'm saying that is very profound. Very, very, very useful information. Yes. I mean, it's it's a viable mindset. And I think it's a healthy mindset for me and for the people I hang around with. I think it's like, of course, you can have a feeling or, or thoughts about it could be impossible. But nobody can arguing with me when I say, yeah, it's impossible until it's done. Nobody can uh, agree, um, argue against me on that one because it's true, true. on that one. I, I totally agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, who, knew, who knew the wonders of technology that we would be able to communicate over the airwaves and fiber optics cables, you know, spanning probably, probably about two two, 3,000 miles away from me and we're having this communication, this visual, this audio, you know, go back 2,000 years ago, this is technology that they would never have dreamt of, you know, mechanical um, vehicles in the sky, planes, helicopters, you know, breaking the Earth's orbit, so, so shuttles, satellites. We're doing uh, a great amount of things that were once deemed 
impossible. So I totally agree with you on that one. And I just want to say to you, Jonas, that this conversation we're having in terms of the why is, is, is massive. Um, and I, I do appreciate the time that you have focused in taking for today. Is there any any other um, lesson that you want to leave the listeners with for this show? Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm training, practicing my English. So I'm translating my Swedish work uh, nowadays. So I have a DCA. Uh, short for decide, commit, and act. Decide, commit, commit, and, and act. act. I okay. think is the right uh, translation. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's what I think. Um, it's summary all what we're talking about. So it's like being being strong relies on the efficient use of your energy to perform. Um, indecision steal energy and promotes the failure to act so train and learn to be resilient mm-hmm. I consider that um, as a gift you give yourself and others that is like what I telling my Swedish clients before Excellent. so that's I think it's summary like the work has to be done so DCA Decide, commit, and act. Yeah, I'll remember that. I've actually written it down. Again, it's very, yeah, it's very cool. empowering statements there. Decide. The decision, you know, gives you back control because to make a decision, you you know that you have a choice. So you, yeah. So that means you are open to different scenarios, and you're 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 the one deciding what to do. The commitment again is yeah. bringing the responsibility back to the individual. You know, you're, you're committing yeah, yeah. to something. And then the act, which is my favorite one, which is the doing, which is the verb. You, you now have to do it. Like saying you're going to do something is completely different to actually doing it. You know, I have this issue with people, I'm not too sure about the Swedish translation, who tend to use these words. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And I normally look at them like, and I'm in my head, I'm thinking you're talking rubbish. Where's the action? Tell me you've done it. Tell me you've done it. And this was the findings. This is what you discovered in doing. Mm. You know, people tend to say, I'm gonna, I'm going to do something. Never do it. They never do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think act. it's the same, same in Sweden. I mean, when you translated the, the slogan of Nike, just do it. Mm. And just means I'm going, gonna, mm. I'm gonna mm. in Swedish. Yeah. So we have like a child book that the kid always said, uh, I shall only do, um, I shall, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. So that's every growing up. Like, so when Nike came up with just do it. Yeah. But skip the just exactly. Instead, just, just say, do it. Yeah. And then it's more, more straight on. So 
I mean, we have also here when I, I like talk to my clients, like you saying a, mm -hmm. you meaning B and you're doing C. So okay. it's the same as again. So, so when you do know, decide, commit and act, I think that summary, all the things actually we have been talking about, uh, this series mm -hmm. of shows. So, yeah. Yeah. Then we can build it up, build it up uh, and put in whatever we want on, in that one. But we know that we're going to act on that one and commit. And we already decided. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I really like any straightforward DCA, decide, commit, act. It's like, mm -hmm. it's almost like, a, it almost reads like com computer code. You know, a yeah. computer, <laughs> once you've coded it, doesn't, doesn't think anymore it's got the code once the code is there and it works it, it, it operates there's yeah. no i'm gonna i'm gonna no the commands are there and and it's yeah. affirmative yeah sometimes in life we need to have that same level of commitment that same level of resolution and just move the um the just 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 thing needs to go do it i remember very quickly before we go um i'm conscious of time as well on this live stream, there was a time when I was at school and one of these guys who was bullying me at the time, because I was short, I was, I only started growing tall when I was about 14, 14 and a half, too late because I was about to go to secondary school, um, um, about to finish secondary school. So it was a bit too late for me to start growing taller. But anyway, this, this guy was going to, um, he kept saying he's going to fight me, he's going to beat me up. Yeah. And so the whole day I was panicking because the, the first break in the morning, he whispered in my ear, I'm going to beat you up after school. So the, after the next lesson, he kept, came up to me, I'm going to beat you up after school. And he's saying this with, in a large crowd of people. Lunchtime, same thing. <laughs> I'm going to beat you up. And I have... Impatience. I'm a very impatient type of person, right? I'm impatient. And it was the lesson because the whole thing he was arranging was after school, we're going to meet at the back of the playground and there he's going to beat me up in front of everybody. That's, that was his plan. <laughs> he had decided <laughs> and he was committed to doing this on his terms. So we had one more lesson before the end of the school. Yeah where this is going to happen. And I'm now frustrated because all my friends are saying, Douglas, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I left the classroom I was in to go to his classroom. Yeah. And I stormed in and, <laughs> and I said to him, come on then, <laughs> fight now. And I, I ran for him like, <laughs> like I was possessed. Because <laughs> I, And I remember us being at the um, headmaster's office afterwards. And the headmaster said, Douglas, are you mad? What, we, what are you doing? This is out of character for you. And I explained to him the whole story. I said to him, look, he kept on saying he's going to do something and I have no time to wait. So I thought, let's get it over with now. Let's just do it now and it's finished. I couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> so I didn't get in trouble for that. But then that's when I really knew that I'm a type of person that is more action focused. I do not like to um, 
say the word, I'm going to do anything. I'd rather show and show and tell. I'll show you what I've done <laughs> and we discuss it. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Childhood. It's amazing how I, I, they shape you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love the story. And uh, it tells me so much about your character. And I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I can't say it so many times, but I think I will during our relationship uh, in forward on now, I will, I will tell, say to you many times, like it takes one to know one. <laughs> so, you, you know, it's what you're telling the story. Uh, I, I talking about to my friends or the clients, uh, anyway, I telling or talking about what are you running away from mm. or are you running towards something? But mostly people today, they're running away. But I encourage them, embrace them to run towards yeah. what yeah. <laughs> are the struggling or like that. Because make it short. Make If it's going to be painful to run towards, it's going to be just short term. But if you run away, it's going to be a long term. Yeah. And it will going to tear you down. So when you're open on that one, then you turn around. So instead of running away from something, you're running towards that particular thing and end of story as you <laughs> telling me the story. So I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thanks a lot for contributing to this show. We're going to have another sh um, show lined up next week on some more interesting topics. Please um, reach out to us via our handle on either Twitter or, on, or via Podbean. Just send us your, your questions and Jonas and I will break them down for you so we can build you up for the week ahead. Be safe, people, and we out. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out micdropclub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life. Make life boom. Boom.